Today we sit down with Yosef Balchunas, who is a professional basketball player in France. We talk about his day-to-day life, what it's like being an athlete, what it's like traveling the world, and also how he came across spirituality and gave him a different perspective on life. So please tune in. Catch you on the other side. And we're recording. Yosef, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me. Um, I don't know how to introduce you because you're my friend. Uh, you're a basketball player. You were the first... Uh, you're the second, uh, including me, Lithuanian in our neighborhood. Uh, so how would you introduce yourself to everybody? How would I introduce myself? Uh, basketball player, uh, <laughs> son, brother, uh, just a human being, man. Just a human being, another human being on this earth. Um, obviously, this conversation is going to be uh, based around uh, being an athlete. And obviously, uh, in the past few years that I've been following you, uh, you took a huge swing into spirituality and seeking something else. And uh, it almost like flipped upside down your life when I look at your posts and what you're doing right now and uh, the way you think. Uh, let's let's retract back to Lithuania. Um, did you I, I don't remember exactly. And, and before before we even start um, not a lot of people know uh, we used to fucking play so much basketball every day after high school, after school, high school. I mean, there's just, there was just so much. And one thing that uh, because of you, I got ingrained into my uh, basketball ability was uh, my I'm a right handed. You're a lefty. Uh, mm-hmm. My weak side when I defend people is actually the right hand. So every time for me, naturally, I go to the left. I drive people to the left, their, their weak side. So it was because of you. And I told a lot of people, too, I was like, yeah, when uh, whenever I defend somebody, for me, it's just my strongest is the left side. So I just let him go to the left. But uh, anyways, let's retract back to Lithuania. Um, when did you move to the United States? So you were like a few years after me, right? Uh, so we moved in 2004, I believe. Um, and then so we stayed. Yeah, we moved. We moved to about 2004 and we stayed up north for a couple of years uh, in Franklin Park. Um, so we lived there for two years and then uh Somehow my parents found out about the whole Lithuanian community in, in Lamont. And my dad was telling me that there's like a basketball club. And, um, and I, obviously at that point, like I was, I was interested in basketball and I wanted, I wanted something to do. And plus, like, I didn't have many, I didn't have many friends up North, uh, where we lived in Franklin park. So for me, the whole idea of playing basketball and the fact that there's Lithuanians and I can have Lithuanian friends was, um, like it was crazy. So I was like, man, like, I'd love to do that. Um, so it kind of worked out perfectly where like, I was finishing the fifth, I was finishing fifth grade, which is like elementary school. And obviously you like, you go into middle school and you switch schools. Right. Um, so once I finished my fifth grade, my parents decided to move closer, um, closer to Lamont, which is like the area where we live. And, uh, so I can start playing basketball and like be kind of closer to this, to this whole Lithuanian community um and yeah so and and then I'm just gonna go into the story of how like I found out I found out about you um obviously you know our good friend Jack Jack Horky um so I used to like walk around the town or whatever just like I don't know like I was I didn't have no friends like I I was doing so I was rollerblading like I was just walking around town and somehow I ran into Jack he was playing basketball outside so we started talking we started playing basketball uh, we got to know each other a little bit. A couple of days later, he's like, hey, did you know there's another Lithuanian that lives in our neighborhood? 
I was like, dude, I just moved in. I have no idea. I was like, would you mind introducing me to him? Um, and then like, I don't know, a couple of days later or whatever, he introduced me to you. Um, and that's, that's how and we met. At that point, you didn't have the basketball hoop, right? It was me and Jack that had oh. the basketball hoop, right? Right, right. I didn't have a basketball hoop. So uh, yeah, it's funny actually. And Jack, Jack was older than me. So I remember he, uh, I used to like, I used to come home earlier than he did because I was in middle school, I think. He might've been, I think he might've been in high school already by then. I he was, was a I year was, older than me. So you graduated I think I was, in, yeah. So he was, he was a freshman. Cause when I started, cause remember we were on the same bus. We used to go to, middle oh, school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were on the same bus. Um, so yeah, so I used to wait. So when I came back home after school, I used to wait for Jack. And so the way, you know, where my house was positioned, like through my middle uh, or through my living room, I was able to see like his house far away. Um, and I used to wait after school to like, see when he's going to be home. Like one, one, whenever he's going to be outside playing basketball. And as soon as I saw him, I'd pretend like I was just walking around and I'd run into him. Uh, With the basketball. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, he was already playing basketball, but, uh, so yeah. And then obviously once, like once he introduced me to you, like, I feel like we started, we clicked, like we clicked pretty good right off the bat. Um, and obviously you being kind of like you, you were already in the neighborhood. So you, you were familiar with the area. Um, I don't know if you remember, but that, so that summer when I moved there, we started school the following, like the following that year, we started school. And like I said, we were on the same bus and I walked on the, do you remember that? Like I was, I got on the bus and then later we picked you up. Like we turned around the corner and I was sitting up front and then I see you walking in and you're like, bro, what? He's like, let's go to the back of the bus. Like where the cool <laughs> kids at. Uh, so that was like my whole introduction with, I remember introducing myself to you and you to me and vice versa and uh, me being like welcomed into the neighborhood, I guess. Uh, before you moved, uh, you were playing basketball or no? In Lithuania? No, uh, in Franklin Park or even beforehand? Uh, no, no. Like um, outside with uncles and stuff like that, but never, never serious basketball. So moving itself to obviously to our neighborhood, was that the drive to, was that when it started? Like, hey, I want to play basketball. Like, uh, and was that already like a, a dream in your head? Like pro, pro basketball player or? No, uh, actually, hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew I wanted to play basketball. I knew I wanted to play basketball. And obviously as you get older, you start figuring out like, what do you, like what you want to do in life? So right in the, right off, like right in the beginning, obviously I didn't know, like, I just, I just loved playing basketball. And then as I got older, like I knew that I wanted to go, um, like I wanted to go to like a play college basketball and stuff like that. And after that, obviously like play professional. So as I got older, I figured that out. Um, but yeah, once when I moved to uh, when I moved to Lamont to our neighborhood, that's when I really like with the whole Lithuanian community, Lithuanic Academy. That's when um, I knew I wanted to play basketball. I was I was shitty. Like I was I had no skill. Luckily, I had some great coaches who believed in me. And because I wanted to like improve and play, like I was improving pretty quickly. Uh, and I guess that's what motivated me. Like. I was kind of surprised with myself how quickly I was in, improving at that time. And I was like, whoa, like, and at the same time, obviously when you, at that age, when you find out that you're good at something, you just want to keep doing that. Uh, and that's what happened. Do you remember the first time uh, that you went into Lithuanica, the basketball academy? Yep. What was your, if you remember, what was your like pre, um, what is it called? 
uh, what's the word when you, um, I don't even know what the word is. What were your thoughts beforehand? And when you stepped on the court afterwards? Uh, so it was a summer camp. I remember exactly. My brother drove, uh, drove me there. Uh, it was a summer camp. Um, so obviously, you know, you know how like summer camps go It's just a bunch of kids there. And, um, um, yeah, I remember there's a bunch of kids and like the, you know, they divide kids into groups based on their like, um, abilities and like age group and stuff like that. Uh, and like I said, at first I had, like I had no abilities of playing basketball. Um, but it was just funny to see like, so by the beginning of the summer, um, I was like practicing, I guess, with kids that didn't play basketball. And then by the end of the summer, I was invited to go to, it was a Michigan camp, which like the coaches took like the best, I guess, the best athletes from that camp. They took, it was like, I can't remember, maybe like 20 of us, um, they took 20 best athletes from that camp to like the Michigan, there was like a house in Michigan and like they would train there for like a couple of weeks or so. So I started out the summer practicing with um, kids that didn't know how to play basketball. And by the end of the summer, I was like uh, invited, like I went to that camp with Michigan camp with like older kids and kids that have been playing basketball for two, three, four, five years. And so, um, and that was, like I said, that was like, that was that summer and that was that moment where um, I became confident that I can do that and I wanted to do that. And I was like, yep, miss, I love this. Looking back at that, um, if obviously if you remember, uh, because that's, that's sort of like an ego scratch, right? When you get good and you kind of notice that, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Like, and then yep. you, you come after people because I know um, it's the same with jujitsu. Like, you know, there's levels. I remember, uh, you know, I, I just strictly was training with jujitsu people and I went into an MMA gym before. And I mean, there's college wrestlers, you know, and wrestlers are just, you know, for me, it was always instilled to be scared of them and that. And when I realized that there's levels to this shit, but going back to that, when you had that first itch of, you know, knowing that you're pretty good, you're improving. Um, was it, driven like more by ego like what was your mindset back then was it a, like in a negative because i know you're a kobe bryant fan and like trying to replicate him and all that stuff and maybe maybe not having anything on your own to kind of dig in from your own like what was your mindset going back then versus i guess now if you could compare those two uh well, obviously at that time i didn't know what ego was so i just kind of like i was just at that age, I was just like six, seven, eighth grade. I was just enjoying the whole process of like being good and like people congratulating me and stuff like that. And just, it just felt good. Once I got older, once I got to the high school level, that's when I started figuring out the whole, like, you know, Hey, I'm better than you. So I deserve this and like all of that stuff. And obviously get, you pick that up from other people. Um, so when I got to high school, I started, I guess, feeling myself a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, and until I got to college, I think that's where kind of, it's a humbling experience because, uh, in college, like that's it. Like it's the best players from all over the country that come together. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden you're not the best. And, um, I think that was, that was the moment where I was kind of put in my place a little bit. Um, so it took a while, right? Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, so my whole high school career, I was like I said, I was especially 
So I went to St. Joe's for two years and that was like a basketball school. Uh, so obviously, you know, I'm going, this is, this is a school that the great Isaiah Thomas went to, Evan Turner, you know what I mean? Like these legends. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of Lithuanians that went there before, before me. And so I was just kind of following them. Um, but it was just the point where I ended up, so I ended up transferring back to Lamont, my public high school where I was supposed to go. And yeah, like in that, I, when I got there, like luckily the coach, uh, he just kind of like, he was confident in me and he gave me pretty much the keys to the team. And I was able to do there whatever I wanted. And uh, we had an amazing, great two years of Lamont. And those were definitely like the most memorable and like the best experiences of my life when it comes to basketball. Um, and those, like I said, those years were like, my head was high. You know what I mean? I was, I was feeling myself. And then when you get to college and obviously like the professional level, uh, you quickly become humbled um, because you realize that there's a lot of great players out there. Um, and then at that point, like you just um, at that, like right now, what I keep saying is at the professional level, yeah, there's there obviously you got to be skilled enough to get here. Yeah. But at this higher level, it's really what separates great players, um, like good players from great players is that the mindset of the game and like how you approach everything. It's really all in the mind. Um, and that's something that I've become like, I'm becoming like, I'm starting to learn that you know, as, as I keep going in my career. So. Um, I remember the transitional period from uh, St. Joe's to uh, Lamont uh, in St. Joe's. Uh, it wasn't really like a TV. I mean, obviously it was the best school and everybody knew and it was an expensive school. Uh, but when you got to Lamont, I remember uh, you got really a lot of spotlight newspapers, Comcast sports. And, you know, that was the first like you were the king, like everybody knew they're in school. Like, you know, like it's literally like we used to watch like American movies and you see like the athlete in school and all that stuff. You were you were the one, you know, there's like the football players, the basketball players. And like the first the first name that came up when I was basketball players like you was us. And then we, we both know the teacher, Mr. Gagnon. Uh, yeah. he's like who is this guy you was <laughs> you remember he was telling me all this stuff I'm like no he's good how was that transitional too when you get put on that spotlight as well because like I remember one time I just turn on Comcast Sports and then you know I see high school and then I see you on there as well you know just crushing it how was that like the feeling when you get I guess shine the light on oh, it's it's a great feeling obviously uh like I said it was th those were like my best years and uh um, that's one, like, I guess, I don't know if I knew it. I guess I knew it. Yeah. Like the whole ego aspect, um, like, yeah, I'm better than a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so like I was, I was just enjoying the whole process of it. Um, but all great things come to an end. And, uh, like I said, when I got to college, you quickly become humbled. Uh, and I quickly realized how, um, there's a lot of great players out there, but yeah, like those, those two years were definitely amazing years. And I'm, again, I'm thankful to like the, uh, the whole Lamont basketball team and most importantly, the coach for like allowing me to play how I wanted to play and how I'm mm -hmm. capable of playing, because that's the thing. A lot of players, like there's a lot of, a lot of great players out there uh, at different levels that are able to play at a very high level, but you got to understand there's like systems and you, yeah. you know, there's systems, you know what I mean? And you got to follow certain rules and some players are not able to really express themselves. And that's whether that's basketball or like any, any industry, you know what I mean? Um, so when you get to, when you're, when somebody's put in that box, it's, it's hard to express 
yourself and what you're really capable of doing. Uh, luckily, I was able to really express myself, and that's what allowed me to like get all the attention. So uh, it was a good, it was a really good experience. Uh, when it comes to your basketball game, when you were in high school and you got to college. Um, I watched a few games. I remember you became like more of a facilitator. You were like the leader. You were calling uh, the plays and stuff. Were you do? Were you focusing on like being a facilitator and like the leader of a team and you know being? Were you a shooting guard or a point guard in high school, uh, or like a double? I was. I was more of a point guard. I was. I call myself a scoring point guard, which mm. is very popular in the states. And yeah, in the states, like it's normal for point guards to score. In Europe, here as a point guard, you looked at it more of as a like a facilitator. Mm-hmm. So, were you working on those things in high school, or were you just purely working on like athletic performance? You know, getting your shots up and stuff like that. Because I I've, I saw I saw I saw how you kind of grew, especially after you got out of high school. You became more of like a leader, and like not a, not as like a you know not as like everybody thinks like oh like uh, LeBron James leader, but you were really vocal. I think that's a better way. Like I saw you always calling the plays, and like I said, uh, you were yelling. I, I saw one time you even brushed off a coach on TV or something. I think like you're like this. Uh, but what was the difference between, like you said, obviously besides playing with the greatest players when you come to college and you get humbled, what was like? I guess work. How did you work on the system in high school versus college the first year? How did I work on the system? Uh, well, my hmm. because in college, right? It really, like you said, it, you become humbled, but. It, yeah. it does become teamwork, right? Everybody has to contribute to the same goal, which is get W, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in, in in high school, it's usually, there's, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, good, there's a good player, let's say, on a team, and the coach will probably ride that player um, and give him, like I said, like, give him probably the keys to the team and, like, you know, like, most of the like the player will that certain player or like a couple players will lead that team mm-hmm. in college like i said since there's a, a lot more better players it's more team oriented it's more structured like the coach is trying to blend everybody together right you got to start meshing everybody together uh because anybody really can be the leader you know what i mean give mm-hmm. anybody the ball and like they'll they'll be able to score but you got to be able everybody's got to be able to find their roles um, so that was the whole, like in college, you get to learn that a little bit more of starting to mesh and, uh, kind of knowing your role more, um, when it comes to like, when it comes to playing team sports and then when it comes to like professional sports, that's even, that's even taken to like a different level. Uh, let's talk about like the humbling experience and we're going to kind of track back a little bit as well. But, um, when you came to college, you know, obviously you were, hyped up in high school too because of that stuff and like you said it was a very humbling experience and when you went to Lamont like being on newspaper on the spotlight and then you come to a high school and you get to play with the best athletes everybody around you better even people right how was that like I guess how did that change you and what was your perspective the first year versus you know being completely free to free to do anything in high school and then come into college and you're like hey this is your spot right here and this is what you're doing yeah. Um, so my whole college experience actually wasn't at all what uh, I was expecting it to be or what I wanted it to be. Obviously, as a player, I wanted to play at the highest level, which was Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that that didn't happen. What so what happened was I ended up going to a JUCO school in Texas, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those who don't know, like a JUCO school, you'll go to like a JUCO, which is like a, a community kind of college where you'll go there for two years. And then if you perform well enough, you'll, you know, college university coaches come and check you out and like you're able to like transfer them and, and stuff like that. So um, when I came my freshman year and JUCO, JUCO basketball is even like on a on another level, different, like animal. It's like an animal kind of basketball where everybody's because- hungry, right? Exactly. Everybody, everybody wants to get to that division one level, no matter what. So everybody's going to try to do whatever it takes to get to that next level. You know what I mean? And it was, it was crazy. Like I said, it's a dog fight. You get, go in there, everybody, everybody's fighting for that scholarship offer. You know what I mean? Um, and that's exactly what it was for me. Uh, so it's, like I said, a bunch of players from, you know, from all over the country, from, all kinds of neighborhoods come together and uh, you got to be able to like stand your ground. Um, so that was, that was my experience. Um, and again, like college life for me, this is, this is where like my journey really began. Um, like my inner journey, I guess. Cause then college life, you get sucked into, or at least I did into the whole um, partying and just like, for me, just going away, not having my parents around and like, you can do whatever the heck you want. You know what I mean? So I was a free birdie. And I, let me tell you, I had, I had my fun to share, you know what I mean? And definitely that played a role on my basketball career and like where I ended up, you know, going further on. Um, So now looking back on it, like I understand exactly why my career, like my, my college career was the way it was because of like my certain decision-making that I did, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. And then after, so after that Juco, I ended up transferring to a division two school, I ended up going to D two school. And, um, that was just the, like that. I didn't have a good experience there either. And at that point, like, I just, like my love for the game was really fading away. And I was just at a point in my life with injuries and stuff like that. And like relationships where, um, things really weren't working out and, um, like I wasn't enjoying the game. I just like, I was, I wouldn't say depressed, but I was just like in a bad state of my life at that point. And uh, I made a decision to like, I wanted to come back home, be with my family. Uh, And that's when I decided to go to like Trinity Christian college, because that was a school that recruited me from the very beginning, like coming out of high school. um, I just kind of like always pushed that back uh, because I wanted to do something else. But um, like I said, it's funny how life works out sometimes. And I ended up reaching out to them and uh, we just talked to the coach and he was, he still wanted me to come play for him. And luckily I was able to transfer back, back home to Trinity uh, and um, finish my college career there. Um, Let's talk about injuries because I remember you got first injury in high school or no? Uh, Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And was it MCA, MCL or ACL? It was a meniscus tear. Oh, a meniscus. Yeah, I had the same thing in Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so that, that wasn't that bad, the first injury, right? Uh, no, not that bad. I mean, it was a new experience. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what the heck it was. Um, but, yeah, luckily. Did you get it shaved I, off or it got completely uh, taken out? No. So the first time they sewed it back together. Oh, that okay. Was like, yeah, mine, was, mine was trimmed. So I, mine was a quick recovery. Okay. Well, and then I actually had, so I had two, I had two, I had two, two meniscus tears. And then later on, that was my, 
when I ended up going to Division II school, when I was in Ohio, I had a second tear. Um, and I played on it for a while. Um, but yeah, at that time is when I was like, no, I don't want you to sew back. To, I'd just shave it off because that was the reason why it happened again is because they sewed it back up mm-hmm. and then like it ripped again. And then the same thing was happening. So uh, I, I told him to just shave it off or do whatever it takes for it not to happen again. Uh, and ever since it's been good. So the first injuries were in eighth grade and then during the high school career, you're pretty healthy and nothing happened, right? Uh, during high school. Yeah. I had a broken foot for a little bit, like six weeks. I was out for six weeks, but that wasn't crazy. Uh-huh. And, and then, then the second one was, did you have an ACL or MCL? I forgot. No, oh, I, no. Never, I never had that. No. Oh, okay. For Not some reason, before. I thought you had like a major injury. Uh, uh, but did you see like any difference in your performance after, uh, when you were in Ohio in a D2 school and when they shaved off your meniscus? Uh, just like the confidence is so the thing is like, uh, for me, again, I was, I was such in a bad state at that time where like, so I had my second meniscus injury. Mm -hmm. Um, I recovered midway through the season at that time I was already redshirting, which means that like that year wasn't going to count, wasn't going to count for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I didn't play at games, like I would practice with the team, but I didn't play at games and, um, just the confidence level um, that I remember went down because obviously like you got to, you know, like your comfort level, like you, I wasn't comfortable on the court. Like you got to get your rhythm back. And right when I was starting to get my rhythm back towards the end of the year, I broke my foot. It was a stress fracture where I guess it required me to get like surgery. Um, so that year I had two surgeries on me. And like I said, and that's what that's, that was like, that was the worst part of like, I guess my basketball career and my life, because there's like on a personal level, there are some things going on as well in my life. So with basketball, with that going on, it was just a bad year. And then uh, I do remember that after that, my, after my foot was broken, a lot of people were questioning, um, like some of my coaches and stuff like that. And even I was questioning myself, like, is this really for me? You know what I mean? Maybe it's not meant to be. Um, but luckily, like I had the good support system and uh, I just kind of, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see myself do anything, anything else. Like I knew I wanted to play basketball yeah. still. So I just kind of kept going with it. And luckily everything, everything worked out. Let's talk about the transition um, to Europe, right? Um I, I don't know the whole story. I know you played for Lithuania, which is awesome. I was like, fuck, that's, that's amazing. Like playing for your home country, you know, like just being there. That's like, so, that's I, even what you're doing. Like, you know, like your goals were huge too, going to NBA, but even in your position, 99.99% would not be in the same position as you are because it's hard to make. Like when you're in the pro level, it's, it's the 1% that makes it. So you're at the 1%. So it doesn't matter what kind of career you had. You were still, you, you went after what you wanted to do and you got where you wanted to do whatever the journey was but talk about the transition to Europe like how was that like when when you got the first call and like you know was that ecstatic to playing for your country or were you looking for teams out there and how did that whole uh thing happen together like how did that uh come together yeah so I like I said I had some great people who helped me out uh, I was trying to get an agent um because usually that that makes the whole process easier is when you have somebody representing you um, and I had a great person, um, that helped me get an agent. And then he was Lithuanian as well, th- this agent. So 
I ended up talking to him and uh, yeah, like I, the best, I guess the way we talked, I didn't know. So to me, like the whole professional uh, level was something, it was a different world. It was something new. I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know nothing. So he said that, hey, like, I'm going to try to get you a team in Lithuania, go back, you know, to Lithuania and me growing up in Lithuania or growing up in the States. Um, like, so I grew up in Lithuania until I was 10 and then he yeah. moved to the States. So as a kid, like I have one type of memory in Lithuania, living there as an adult, you get to see a whole different lifestyle. And that's what I'm thankful for. But yeah, so I ended up getting a team in Lithuania, I played there for a year and a half. And you really get to see, like, I got to see the country, my homeland, our homeland from really a different lens, um, which was an eye-opening experience. And uh, at the same time, I had nothing but great memories uh, from Lithuania. So I wanted to experience that and I did. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool transition. And like I said, it was a really eye-opening experience and, uh, and yeah, and so far I'm still on this journey. Now, currently I'm in France. I got to play last year in Italy for a little bit. Um, so I'm at a point in my life right now where I'm just happy that I get to do what I, what I love, which is play basketball. And at the same time, I get to travel and see the world and meet different people and see different cultures. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience and it's, it's a humbling experience. And um, my perception of the world and uh, everything just kind of opens up and you get to see things really from um, kind of like, I guess, from a bird eye view, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's an amazing experience. How was, uh, how was the uh, playing level in Lithuania when you got there? And what, I guess, you know, what I noticed from uh, USA basketball or States versus Europe, obviously there's, I guess there's a little bit more of a, I don't want to say skill because skill is sort of subjective, right? Um, it's sort of like a little bit more flashy in the United States versus in in Europe. There's more of like teamwork passing, you know, like the beautiful game that our, our dads talk about, right? The passes, yeah. the beautiful plays that you get together. Um, what was the game? Like, what was your different game and how did you apply yourself in that, um, I guess, environment? Oh, yeah. I added like my game. So right now the game... <laughs> My the game that I played when I was in high school and college and the game that I play right now is completely different because of that. And uh, yeah, it's two different games because so in the States, it's all based on athletic athleticism, um, yep. individual individualism and athleticism. Um, and in Europe, it's a teamwork like nobody really cares about your athletic ability. It's all about your IQ and making the right play. Uh, so for me, again, being the point guard that I was in the States. Uh, I was a scoring point guard and I was mm -hmm. like, and my coaches allowed most of my career up to like professional level, my coaches allowed me to do that. So when I came to Lithuania for sure, and there's different leagues. So I ended up playing my first year. I played in the second league, uh, which is still a really good yeah. it's, right now. It's, it's a still, it's, it's a really good league actually. Um, and I had to adjust to the whole point guard level where like okay now I don't need to score and I need to facilitate more and just like the whole defensive schemes and like the whole game is so different like you had to be able to read the game differently and I was struggling with that um in the beginning but luckily like I said I, I also had a really good coach uh my first uh team that I played for and uh like he would our apartments were really close to each other's where we lived 
So he would invite me uh, to his place to like watch film and like he would help me study like, hey, I want you to do this and this and that on offense. I need you to do this and this on defense. He would like show me the different schemes and stuff like that. So he really was patient with me and helped me out to see the game differently. And obviously, as you travel and as you see different coaches and talk to different uh, people, like it just kind of opens up even more. Um, so, yeah, so I've become to like really uh, obviously I still consider myself a scoring player. Like I'm more of a that's that's engraved in me. You know what yep. I mean? Like growing up in the States, playing for so many years in the States like that's that's in me and that's who I am. But I've been able to learn and um, see the game a little bit differently from more of like the coach eye view, I guess, uh, rather than from the players. Was there differences uh, going from Lithuania, Italy, and now France too? Like, was there di- are there different so leagues every, too? Yeah, different leagues, different levels, and stuff like that. But yeah, every country. So Europe, all in all, Europe is is more team oriented. But then every country has their own little thing too. So for example, France um, is is a lot more atle- like athleticism and mm-hmm. stuff like that in France. Um, I know Spain. Like in Spain, I had friends that played in Spain and over there, like it's, it's a fast, they shoot a lot of threes. Mm -hmm. Lithuania, for example, from what I experienced is a lot of just like doing the right thing, running the play. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Getting to the, getting to the player that the coach wants you to get it to. Um, So it's just like different, you know, different, different schemes that different countries follow, uh, which is interesting to see really. I love watching uh, Shadas' videos online, the, the little videos where they say, like, uh, they, they talk about what play he's going to play, what he's going to run. And then uh, there's, like, a mic. It shows, like, in a team huddle what he does. And then they show, like, after how it's executed. And I'm like, it's yeah. freaking beautiful. Like, when it comes all together and, like, Nico, go to that side. He's like, you got to put a screen. I go there. And then execute it perfectly. I'm like, damn, that's, like, basketball there. Like, it's not um, – it's not really like flashiness of, you know, being athletic and going over, dunking over people. But like when you get those things together, it's it's a whole different experience. I think I think maybe Americans don't realize that, too, or don't watch the EuroLeague and you don't watch European basketball. So they're kind of engraved into the NBA ideology of, you know, being LeBron's athletic and all this stuff, flashiness, you know, marketing. Uh, but when you come to watch that game and you really understand what's going on there, it's like. It's it's a whole different level. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically, uh, since we've uh, kind of uh, wanted to talk about the spirituality and everything like that. I think you kind of brushed uh, in college. You started seeking something, right? The first year in Texas, it was a little bit different for you. Or when was this? When was this like whole eye-opening experience? Or when when did you encounter this? Like, hey, I'm gonna. Because I know you went like three years ago or something. You just went hard on like meditation and stuff. So when was like the first encounter with like picking up some sort of you know self-improvement book and going after that yeah uh so yeah my freshman year i think is when i uh got into a guy i picked up a book called mind gym um i forgot who the author was but it's called mind gym if you google it um it'll pop up and it's just like so that was one of the first books that i picked up really uh picked up on by myself meaning obviously like I'd never read before but it, it was the first book where like okay I actually want to start learning a little bit more about myself and like about the whole inner I guess inner engineering kind of stuff um so I picked that up then I read Sacred Hoops uh, by Phil Jackson and I think that was really where like that kind of pushed me into spirituality because he combined both basketball and spirituality together um 
And then I was still like, so I was like partying and doing all those things. My freshman year, I was going crazy. Sophomore year, I started slowing down because I started reading these books and like I started under understanding better the whole mind aspect and like everything that we do with our bodies and stuff like that. So I started slowing down and then it got to maybe two or three years later towards my senior year of college. Um, somehow I came across this video of this Lithuanian guy who was like into spirituality and he's like a really big teacher now. Uh, his name is Martinas Drukas, actually. Um, I'll share some of the stuff uh, with you about him. But I remember coming across his some of his videos. And I don't know what happened, but that just grabbed me. Like, that just grabbed me. What he was, And he was talking about, like, spiritual stuff. And, like, his whole journey is, like, an incredible journey where he came from. And something happened where, like, I just it just grabbed me and I really started picking up on spirituality and meditation and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like once you where it's at where your attention goes, energy grows is what they say. And, uh, that's exactly what happened is I started reading more about that stuff and, uh, more information kept coming in into my life and just opening and, uh, allowing me to learn new things. And, uh, I started to practice a little bit here and there and, um, and that is just, I guess it exploded in a good way. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it started. And now like, yeah, so now uh, I guess, uh, yeah, now so I'm vegan. I don't eat no animal products or nothing like that. And uh, for the most part. So consume uh, uh, dairy or anything or no? no? No, no. So the only thing, so the only thing is, you know, the Lithuanian tree cake, manhukinas, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously that thing has has some uh, <laughs> eggs in it and, and, and dairy so um so i'll have that very rarely like on special occasions where like if i go to weddings and stuff like that um i'll have that sometimes but other than that no like i don't eat eggs i don't eat meat or anything like that i don't i don't consume any animal products um and yeah and that and that that's what happened is when i started going into this whole spirituality like the the thing the the guys that i was following the teachings that i was following that was one of the things that they were talking about is like you got to be able to um kind of like find the right nutrition um mm. so and and i don't know like i said i'm one of those guys where um when i want to do something i just kind of dive into it you know what i mean and immerse yourself right into it, right? exactly so that's exactly what i did right off the bat like i i gave up i gave up um all the things that i did with like the nutrition aspect and then um at the same time is when i realized like all right i'm i'm gonna stop drinking that's it like i don't want to drink uh and i gave up alcohol um so it's crazy it's crazy actually to see how now that i look back on it and just talking to you and remembering the things that we used to do it's crazy how everything changes but to this day i still don't drink vodka because of that incident in the basement <laughs> <laughs> haven't touched i haven't oh. touched it after that i swear to god that out like even during parties like i i used to like obviously people used to feed shots but it was not my main um uh drink in in you know during college years and young years after that incident in the basements <laughs> where we killed the whole handle <laughs> that was uh and we were like 15 years old that was uh that wasn't another but um i want to go back to you know talking about spirituality and like the system that we grew up on and you know mm -hmm. looking back into our young age especially in high school right like no one thought about us 
how to be a good person on look back. It's like, damn, dude, I was like a big piece of shit, but it's like, I, I take responsibility for it. But also it's like, you've never, it was normal for everybody to be right. You wanted to be cool. You wanted to be segregated in the groups. You wanted to be better than somebody. Oh, look at these kids uh, have no empathy almost for anything. You just all for yourself. Um, what fascinated, uh, what fascinates me about you was uh, you had a really good uh, family support system. I remember your dad used to fucking call after school. He's like, hey, you're doing pushups. You're going to bench like, you know, squats and stuff <laughs> like that. And you're and even even throughout high school and college, like, well, once you get to college, you sort of have more individual freedom. But everybody's holding your hand right throughout when you're young till you get to obviously adult level, then you kind of let go. But no one teaches you those things when you're young. How do you like tracking back? If you went on this journey early on, do you think the career could have been like a little bit different or maybe your mindset or like the, the decisions that you've made would have been different? Um, the way I look at life right now is that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, uh, yeah. It took me a while to really like understand that because I was, uh, I was bitter. And I think that that's what caused mm. me to have, like my college career the way because I was like I was bitter uh especially like my third year in college I was bitter that I wasn't able to get that division one offer uh and I was just like salty about salty about a lot of things that didn't go the way I wanted to go right uh and once I started to like really go like self-growth and like into spirituality and all of that I began to like like I said I began to see things from like a different um from like a different view from like an, a bird's eye view kind of where like you get to see like everything actually happened the way it's supposed to happen for me to get to where I'm at right now. And at certain points in your life, I didn't realize like it hurts and like you go through these different emotions and you go through these different psychological things. You know what I mean? Like, why is this happening? Like you don't understand it at yeah. that moment, but after a while passes, you begin to see that, wow, that was like actually the best thing that could have happened to me at that time. You know what I mean? So that's the way I look at it right now is like everything happened the way it did. And I'm glad that it did the way it happened, the way it happened, because this is where I'm at right now in my life. And I'm like, honestly, I'm truly happy where I'm at. Um, and that's the way I look at things now. Um, and I really believe that life makes no mistakes. Um, like you said, obviously, you got to take responsibility of your own of your own life and that's that's what i've become to do uh is taking life like into my own hands and like being accountable for uh everything that i'm doing and just like living with the result you know what i mean just being happy with the result whatever it is um so yeah how did your uh parents react uh going through that were, were they still supporting you because i know i knew your dad was tough on you i remember um, he was always on your ass and, you know, for you to progress, which is freaking amazing to have a parent like that. Was he, were they disappointed at all? Or were they felt, because obviously you're their kid. So they take, they almost kind of take on the responsibility as well. Like if something happens to you, it's, it's sort of their own. Were they kind of not, I don't, I don't want to say disappointed. That's the wrong word. Uh, were they kind of sad too at some of the, I guess, points in your career or was, was your dad kind of, I guess, are we talking about basketball from like basketball, basketball point of view, like my basketball career or yeah, yeah. Basketball career. Yeah. And then, and then we'll talk about like when you, when you, be, when you started becoming more spiritual, like what, what, yeah. what did your parents think of, you know? Oh, well, 
well, I guess we'll touch on basketball first. And yeah, because of the whole support system, like um, they felt what I was feeling too, just mm-hmm. because of like my family's close um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like support each other. Um, so like, I guess they were going that, going through that with me, um, which is like, as a kid, you know what I mean? Like, that's all I needed is just yeah. for somebody to be there with me. And then like, I'm just truly blessed and thankful to have parents like that. Uh, when it comes to spirituality, when I, when I started going that route, uh, it was a big shock for them. Um, because like I said, like once I started reading about certain things, like I just started, pra- like, I just put it into practice right away right. and like, Hey, this is what I want to do. So like changing my whole diet, like giving, you know what I mean? Like where we grow up, like we grow up, we grew up on potatoes and meat our whole life. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So when I like gave that up, that was a big shock to them. Um, a, a big, like that's something that they had to adjust for quite a few years. Uh, I think now is the point where like they're comfortable and um, they've gotten more knowledge and information about like how I go about things and they know that I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? But when it first happened is, and it's because people don't understand, you know what I mean? It's the, the ignorance is what scares people not knowing is what scares people really. And that's exactly what happened is just them not knowing like, what am I doing? And like, how is this going to be? That's what shocked them. But on the deeper level, I don't know within me, like I, it was just, it felt good inside. Uh, yeah. Not that I knew exactly what I was doing. None of us really do. Right. Um, but it's just like that inner feeling where like, I'm doing, I'm doing something right. Like this feels right. You know what I mean? And I just kind of went with that. Nice. And did your parents uh, transition to, to vegan or are there, or they respect your, I guess, side when you come home and they, you know, they, they try to maybe yeah. put, put those things away and cook you whatever you deserve, but no, they've actually, uh, so they, from what I know, uh, I, they, I don't think they eat any, they don't eat meat at all. Um, I think they gave up meat. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they gave up meat, but other than that, they have everything else. Um, yeah, I just, you know what I mean? Like I just kind of started providing them information. Like, you know how it is. Like you provide information, like, uh, the way your mind works is like, you start second guessing certain things and like you start doubting things, what you used to believe in. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, no, they're supportive right now. And, uh, like I said, they gave up meat and, uh, and you know they're transitioning the way they are and uh, i keep telling him and like uh introducing them to new things that i practice and things that i have found out that works for me and uh i'm at a point now at first i was really big on like yeah you got to do this too you know what i mean like it's crazy yeah, like life changing yeah. for me so you got to do it uh, and i quickly began to notice how like that people don't want to receive they don't, want like to, they don't want anybody to say you should, you know, right. it's, it's yeah. in, in design. Uh, we, uh, we always kind of have principles like you never should say you should instead mm-hmm. of question and question and inquiry, like, have you tried this? And right. then it opens up a conversation, right? Because like, when I say you should do this, they're like, no, like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, That's the that starts kicking in. On yeah. People. yeah. So it yeah, opens no, up. I, I, I'm at a point now where like, I don't, I, I try not to talk about it at all unless people ask me about it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's, we're going to go all over still the place. Um, so you mentioned the first guy or the first Lithuanian guy, which I'm pretty interested to because uh, I've came across a few, I want to say uh, 
she was a history um, lady. She passed away. I forgot her name. I'll send you the video. But she talked about um, the goddesses of Europe and the history that was forgotten. And, you know, our language in Lithuania, we have the feminine language and like the masculine language, how we call right. on females. Um, so it's very interesting to me, like seeing people like that, like Martinas Drukas, I think, right? You mentioned yep. Yep. what what was his style like and like what, uh, I guess, if you remember any like insights that he you kind of caught on to him, like what, why did he made a huge impact to you? Was there a specific exercise specific thing that he talked about or? Yeah, this whole approach, like spirituality, like I said, uh, like I'll send you some stuff about mm -hmm. him or like, you'll, you'll, you'll know his history and like where he came from and like where he, where he is, where he's at in life right now. Like he's actually a really known person in Lithuania and becoming to be even more known around the world. But like I said, the way he, the way he like produced, the way he provided information, something just clicked. Like we just like, it just worked for me. And the more that I started like reading stuff about him and like what he had to say and like, yeah, he was, he was actually given really good information on like certain things, like what to practice if you wanted to go a certain way. So like, uh, I remember one of his first books that I read, uh, like it's, um, Lithuanian it's called which means like um everything is, is is like a mind game everything is in your mind pretty much um and like in that book he gave certain things that you can follow and you can practice um in your life and like and once I started doing that like I was it was just shocking to see how quickly the results came uh in certain situations when it comes to like communication and you just kind of like touch based on this where like how you talk to people. It's really not uh, what you say, it's how you say it, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, and then when it came to spirituality, like mantras and stuff like that, he provided a few mantras. So through him, I got introduced to, I don't know if you're familiar with Maha Mantra, uh, Hare Krishna. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I started, yeah, so that, and that's, he introduced me to like that. And then obviously through that, I like, there was just a lot more questions for me. And we live in a day and age where like, he just, pretty much find anything online right now uh so i just started googling on like the whole spirituality and like on on yoga and all the different teachings buddhism taoism uh Dzogchen and all of that stuff um when did you start applying uh things like obviously i mean in general topics like visualization um because for me personally when i first encountered wrestlers like d1 wrestlers and when i interacted with one and he was talking about his coach was prepping him for visual visualization it's not just like and wrestlers have these i mean i think they're one of the toughest mindsets when it comes to an athlete uh there's things like having your posture always good right like never looking down during the match like specific things and he brushed upon it's not just visualizing winning before uh the match but it's it's going into the place, smelling the mats, like uh, getting, I guess, like um, immersing yourself in like the crowd, right? Uh, seeing the first play, uh, the seeing the first like tactic, uh, the first touch, what, how the person reacts. And it's, it goes deep into that. When did you start up? Did you start? Obviously, you did start applying that. But when did you start applying that like before games and what kind of, I guess, exercises you started uh, practicing? Yeah, because Kobe, so Kobe talks about it a lot, right? Like, obviously, he was kind of like the first the first basketball player for me too to actually research and you know his diet and his preparation and all that stuff but yeah question is like when did you start actually like practicing these mantras before the game and how do they impact your game 
Well, the, the mantras is a little bit different, but the visual visualization is like, so I came across the book, uh, uh, this, the power of your subconscious mind by mm. Joseph Murphy. Yep. Um, I came across that maybe my junior or senior year of college. And he talks a lot about that. Um, so again, uh, and as I kept going, like, obviously visualization, you think you just got to visualize and that's it. Yeah, but yeah. like, that there's a lot more like you really got to go like you got to prepare your body for it you really got to be in the right environment to do that you really got to feel it out smell it out taste you know all these things like the five senses that we have you really got to live in it as if it's like it has already happened and this is what um are you familiar with uh joe dispenza like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, he was on, um, I think you sent me the video, right? I, I just haven't, uh, he was on um, Impact Theory or no? Yeah, he was. Greg Baden, uh, like those guys, Bruce Lipton. So these are like neuroscientists uh, and scientists that like talk about that. Uh, actually, Joe Dispenza's story is is amazing because that's exactly what he talks about. That's exactly what he teaches about uh, is like feeling and visualizing uh, things and stuff like that. And uh, when I came across them is, this is where they really started to teach like how to do visualization because you, we have to understand that the whole Joseph Murphy uh, book like talks about the power of your subconscious mind is you pre pretty much just only have to think and like certain things. Well, it's not, it's not that simple. It gives you a like, sort of like a base to start. Right. These things do work. These things do work, but just like anything else, like you have to kind of know how to do it. There's a little bit more than just visualizing and just like saying certain things and like words or mantras or informations. Um, so yeah, I started, I started applying that, um, a couple of years ago, I was playing with it on and off. And recently, uh, like I said, I got, I really got into Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Baden. And this is these three guys, they're called the three amigos. Um, they talk a lot about that and not just from like the spiritual. So that's the thing. Like actually now they're starting to understand that spirituality and science kind of goes together. Tesla um, said that once we start, uh, studying, uh, the metaphysical or something in science, it's going to make the most breakthroughs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're, these guys are touching base on how science and spirituality actually kind of go hand in hand. Um, uh, when it comes to these certain things. And uh, recently I've been really, really like, because I've uh, gotten more knowledge about it, how to do it and how to go about it. Um, I really started practicing more, how do you say, um, like more precise, just because I know how to do it now. Uh, instead of just like randomly, you know what I mean? Like, again, like, I think, I think there's a, there's like this, this, notion of that you're going to sit down you know you're going to meditate and you're going to get into this trance state but it's like uh i was doing this yoga for so many years the same video i've probably done thousands of hours like not even joke for 10 years almost since i got diagnosed with type one and in the video beforehand it's he talks about uh, that it's like a drop of water if you have a bowl of water if you drop like a blue dye it's not going to change a week after you might have the color change a little bit and after it gets like deeper. So it's almost like that too. And I think we have this like notion of like, Hey, I'm going to start meditating and this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get into the yogi level and what other YouTubers experience people talk about, but it's, it's, it's sort of like steps until you get to a point where you could access it right away. Right. When you sit down, you know, you get into, you get into different states, but um, can you walk me through 
if you can, uh, like your routine as an athlete, like daily, do you have, you know, people have like these things of waking up at 4am doing this cold showers and like, you know, steps, but let's talk about you first. First, let's talk about how, what is your process before the game? If you can share that and how did it, how did it change when you were in the junior year, uh, when you just started encountering this versus like now? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, it has changed again. Um, when I first learned about it, obviously I thought that, okay, once I start doing this, like it's going to happen right away. You know what I mean? Um, but so right now I don't really have like any, uh, when it comes to like pregame routines or anything like that, uh, and this is, this has become recently where like I figured out that I don't really have one and I don't really need one. Yep. For a long time, I was, I was searching for one. Mm -hmm. I always thought that I had to do on game day, I had to do certain things a certain way. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like you get in your head a little bit. Um, so I, I, I used to think that I had to do certain things. And I, I've come to learn that I found out that the best is when I just kind of like go on game day is just another day. You know what I mean? It's just another day uh nothing special nothing crazy you you know what i mean you just go about your regular routine as you would any other day um so yeah and now i would do all of that stuff the 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 visualizations and like the preparedness of the mind and like that's something that you work on every day you know what i mean so you, you do beforehand um my junior year i played with it and there were some certain things when it did happen for example like again you touched on it where you got to like really feel it out there's points in games where like, if I would get on a stretch, like get, basketball is a game of runs. Yep. Uh, so there's sometimes possessions where I string, let's say two or three possessions, like bat possessions. And I remember like, um, this was my senior year, I think. And that's when I st first started getting into it a little bit. Uh, where like, you got to give yourself during games, certain reminders. Like if you get in that kind of stretch, like you got to give yourself certain reminders and, um, I remember like there was a game where I had a few bad stretches and somebody was shooting a free throw from the other team. And I was like in the, in the lane, like about to rebound the ball. And it kind of just hit my mind, like everything that I've learned about, like the whole visualization and like affirmations and like really feeling it out. And I was just, I was already pissed about the couple possessions before that, that I messed up on. So at that moment in time, I was just like, I was so angry at myself and I was just like, you better hit three threes right now. And the very next three possessions, I hit three threes in a row and the other team ended up calling a timeout and I was running to the bench and I sat down and I was like, holy shit, like this really just happened. You know what I mean? And obviously like I try to repeat that several times throughout like the season and sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't work. But that moment I remember was like, this works. You know what I mean? Um, and that's when I began to like really getting into it and uh, tapping into it, I guess. And now is like I said, now it's just to the point where like, you got to figure out really the details of it. Like there's, there's so much more to it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not just enough to say certain things, but uh, that, that was the point where like, it showed me that it is possible. You know what I mean? It, it is possible to do these things. Uh, and now like when you get into neuroscience and stuff like that, and if you get to the whole scientific aspect of things uh they talk about that like your words like what is words what is what is the thing that we're doing like when we speak it's sounds it's waves that travel you know what i mean um 
and they actually have a very, very powerful effect um, on us as human beings on, you know, on life itself. So when you begin to like learn these things and um, get into deeper level, uh, you, you begin to like really understand how to do it. And then you really get to not only believe it, but like you see that these things actually do work. And this is how it, this is how it is. You know what I mean? It's like a unveiling of a curtain sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of studies with the whole sound thing. Uh, I don't know if you've, I might share it with you. I don't know if you've heard about it, but they did it with water. Like water is alive. Uh, so they did, they played certain wave frequencies at water when it comes to like metallic song or like hard rock and stuff. Oh yeah. And the vibration or something, right? Yeah. There. Like vibrations. And they would see like the, how the particles react uh, in the water. And then they would play like uh, relaxing jazz music or like Beethoven or something like that. And like the particles would react differently. Um, so there's a whole lot of studies of like how the sound affects us. It's actually funny. Um, I remember when I was younger, um, this girl, I, I don't remember how I knew her, but she was a singer and she told me that I speak for my diaphragm. And she's like, you'd be able to sing pretty fast if I thought you sound. I'm like, what? Like in my head, I'm like, yeah, singing. I'm like, get out of here. But she, she said that to me and I was like, wait, that's kind of interesting because um, there's also a recording software somewhere where you're able to get like certain frequencies, you know, like the alpha delta frequencies, right. it's able right. to measure your voice, like what and what, uh, I guess, frequency you speak at. And then you're able to, I guess it helps you more like apply yourself into like whatever your strengths are. But that's, uh, that's very interesting that you touched upon it. Yeah. Yeah. These, yeah, these things are really cool. Uh, again, there's just, and that's with the whole spirituality and, um, that's the thing, like these, these, like the whole emotional intelligence, um, spirituality, mindfulness, just like affirmations and all these things. We are so like the education system. It's crazy how they don't teach us about that. They'll teach us about how to go about the system, like how to go to school, how to get a job, how to get uh, when to like raise when, when to start a family, how to buy a house and get into debt. Like they'll teach all those things. But the things that we deal with every day, which is like our emotions, our self-talk, who we are on a deeper level, these things are, at least I have an experience where in, in school, they talked about those things, right? Because we go through different emotions every day with our partners. With Actually, our that's really funny um, that you mentioned that uh, when I was in Lithuania, I totally forgot. I went to a Catholic school and uh, we had ethics class and Takiba faith class. But yep. it didn't like it didn't preach you to be like Catholic or, you know, like go pray. But it, it talked it talked about I remember the ethics now and then it talked about how to how to just be a good person. Right. And when, you, when obviously we lived in the United States, there's not a single class or not a single freaking topic that we brushed upon that. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's so when I started dealing with all those things, when it came like, again, my college life and when I was like in that point in my life where things just weren't um, like I was in a bad state. I was like, what the heck is going on with me? Um, and that's when I really started to like, okay, I really, when I got into spirituality more and I, I was, my vision kind of opened and I started seeing things a little bit differently. I was like, all right, um, I really want to figure out this whole human body mechanism. Cause obviously we have no idea. Like I follow Sadhguru. This is another, yeah, yeah. if you know Sadhguru, yeah, he's an incredible guy. So I'll follow him and uh, he talks a lot about that. Where like the human beings are like the most um, sophisticated machines on, on this planet. Like this, this machine and 
that we live in our body and we don't even know nothing about it. Like do, if you ask a lot of people, like random people, they don't know how food digests in their body. They don't know their self-talk. They can't distinguish themselves and like separate themselves from their emotions. You yeah. know what I mean? And like anger and all of that. Like it all just compulsive. It all just like happens, happens, happens without you realizing that you actually have the ability to choose how you can react to certain things, the ability to choose how you can think, um, where your attention- uh, Proactive versus reactive, I think, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, And when I started touching on things like that, oh man, like I said, and that's when I really started, when I started applying these different techniques, um, so I I actually also finished uh, NLP courses where like, so I'm- I'm practically, I guess I can say that I can coach people now. You know what I mean? Uh, I got the certificate and everything, but they teach you these certain techniques where um, the way, like I said, the way you talk to people, what to look for. And like that, we're really like, we're really not who we think we are. Obviously, like, you know, in spirituality, like we are not our thoughts. We are not the body. We're not the mind. You know what I mean? Like all these things. So if we're not that, then we can control that rather than that controlling us. You know what I mean? And when you discover that thing, oh my gosh, like things just, it's crazy what it begins to happen. Crumble, it's sort of like almost everything that you thought of, you built this real estate in your mind, it crumbles upon. And when you peel those layers away, when there's nothing left and you're like, who am I really? And it's sort of scary because, you know, I've, we've both been through those stages where you've, you know, and people around you and everything, the messaging, everything is sort of telling you who you are. And then when you get away from it, you're like, this is definitely not who I am. It's completely different. And, and it's sort of scary when you first encountered spirituality and then when you broke that, I guess, broke through that, what were your first things like how to rebuild yourself or what, what were your, um, how did you think of yourself afterwards? Like before, what was your perception beforehand being, you know, professional basketball player, you're like, I, 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 and versus then it's like, it's nothing. Oh man, I guess I'm st- obviously I'm still in the process of like uh, discovering that, but I guess there's moments where like I've, I've grasped it a little bit. Um, like I said, you asked me in the beginning, like, oh, are you introduced yourself? Like, uh, so at, I'm at a point where like I'm just uh, as of right now, I'm, I'm I'm a human being, you know what I mean, who just lives on this planet. Um, experiencing the different things that happen in this world and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh man, I don't even know how to go about it, but uh, no, it obviously changed. You become, like I said, you become, um, you start to realize, I started to realize and I started to see that I'm not all those, all those things that I thought I was. It's Mm -hmm. because when you start to see how your mind works, uh, when you start to see, and kind of like, how do I say this? Um, begin to like see your emotions. You know what I mean? Like um, by that, I mean like there's certain certain things where like right now it happens and like obviously you'll feel different emotions. And it's just interesting to see now like, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, this is pain. Oh, so this is what hurts feels like. You know what I mean? Oh, this is joy and happiness right now. And when you start to see that, like, like I said, it's just like you open up and everything just begins. You begin to see everything on such a different level. And I'm at a point now where like, 
like I said, I see it. I, I realized that the person that I was before, it was because of the system that we grew in, grew up in. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was ideas of other people, ideas of like my education system, ideas of my parents, ideas of my brother, ideas of my friends, ideas of like this and that, my grandma, grandpa, you know what I mean? And now I begin, like now I'm at a point where I'm kind of re reprogramming myself really uh, because I told you like I'm, I want to start my own channel and I'm starting to do my own channel where like I want to talk about this stuff as well. And I get to see myself like where doubt comes in and mm -hmm. then you get like, then I see where is this doubt coming from? It's because of like certain situation that has happened in my, in my previous experiences where like somebody said, oh, you're not, you shouldn't do this. This is not who you are. Uh, you're, you know, you, you don't talk the certain way or like something like that. And like, you see that this doubt comes from other people. It's not really me. Yeah. It's other people putting certain things on top of you. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I'm at right now in my life. <laughs> um, so you're, you're a year younger than me. You're 26, right? Yeah. Um, I had, um, you know, when they say it's like, when you go from like 20 to 24, I, for me, there was no, like, there was no difference in terms of like, you know, having a new celebration or anything for your birthday. But when I hit 25, when I started seeing, obviously it's a number still, but when I hit yeah. 25, that was kind of like a tipping point of like, you know, if you, if you're going to live a hundred years, I'm like, damn, I just lived like a quarter of my life. And it was a tipping point. Like I'm getting into my thirties. Maybe I should, you know, tighten a few things up. And I started looking at things differently. And then, you know, the whole concept of friends really changed too, because when you change, like you want, like, it feels like friends are everything. And, and there is some truth to it in the beginning, but then after that, it, like it kind of split apart and the people that weren't meant to be in your life, they just kind of disappeared and you're totally fine and, and nothing against them. But uh, you're 26, you're still playing basketball. Uh, do you, did you plan anything for after like getting into coaching or doing this a little bit more like podcasting, teaching other players, going through, you know, their journey and maybe, uh, you know, getting them out of the bad situations that you probably experienced yourself before what are, I guess, what, are, what do you have said after the basketball career or you're just letting it flow? Uh, I am letting it flow. I am letting it flow. Um, at the same time, um, I've no, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to share these things with other people um, because I feel like, again, there are certain people in life that I came across that helped me to discover myself. And if I can help somebody do the same, uh, like I told you in the beginning or before this whole thing, um, like that, that would be the biggest, you know what I mean? That would be the biggest accomplishments for me is sharing my message. And if somebody takes something from it where like it betters their life it's it's there. I don't think there's, it's such a great feeling. You know what I mean? It's such a great feeling. So I do want to do something along the lines of that. Um, but like I said, as I keep going in life, I've come to learn where like, I want to do certain things, but I'm flowing at the same time. And if those certain things don't happen, I'm okay with it because I know everything happens for a reason. So I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm just going, I'm just going with that flow right now, but I do have in mind that uh, I'd love to share stuff like this. And I love to talk. Like I love conversa conversations like this. And uh, I honestly don't have a lot of people that I can talk about this stuff with. So I think it's important to have like the right people. I do have some people in my life where, uh, I can turn to, but I think it is important to have 
a group of people or a community where you can like really relate with and just, you know what I mean? Grow together. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do something along the lines of that and what you're doing right now. I think it's, it's incredible. So, um, like I told you, dude, you're, when it comes to like the spreading the message, you're, you're the guy that I look up to right now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, one thing that I really like that you mentioned too, is like, I have the same feeling too. I think as we got brought on, it's like, or when we go on certain journeys, we think that we want to, you know, change the world, billion people, you know, they talk about these numbers and you, you watch these videos of entrepreneurs, motivational people, and it's all numbers and statistics, but I really liked what you said. And it resonates with me too, is like, if one person can make the difference, you know, if listens to you and gets your message, that's, that's winning because you've helped that one person. And because you were that one person that were looking for something and you came across the Lithuanian guy that really impacted you in terms right. of that whole journey. And that's, that's what it is by be, you know, impact, focusing on that one person or a small group of people versus, you know, you can't even clean your room up and you're talking about impacting a billion people. You know, that's, that's, that's what it, uh, really resonates me with you that you're, you kind of shave the way and you seem like you're in peace now too and sort of have like your own serenity going through and I, I like I spoke on my other podcast too like I feel in peace and I was always like sort of trained to rush right like even when I started this podcast I was like yeah I just want to get to a hundred thousand subscribers or shit like you know like all these artificial things but I'm like wait just let it come you know and if it doesn't happen I'm, I'm still going to be doing this I don't care if it's two years later I have 20 listeners per podcast. I don't care, but I enjoyed it. This is what gives me this is what gives me the energy. So um, anyways, we're almost I think at a two hours. Uh, I wanted to talk about what you're doing right now currently with I think you released a channel not too long ago too, right? I did. I did. Yes. Uh, uh, what, what is it called? Where can people find you? And uh, we're gonna have like a few uh, questions before we end. Okay, uh, so I have my personal, obviously, Instagram, uh, I am Yuazas, um, and then I recently created a channel, this is like a couple days ago or so, uh, where I do, like I said, I do want to share the information, something that we've talked about, uh, and the things that have helped me improve my life. Um, the channel is called The Chit Life, uh, That Chit Life, C-H-I-T Life, um, and yeah, so I'll be, again, uh, and this gives me more confidence to do it, but um, yeah, I'll be providing more information on topics like that, like spirituality, you know, emotional intelligence, uh, the whole mind aspect, and just things that have helped me to better my life. Um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing that. We'll see, where, we'll see where that goes. Like I said, I just kind of go with the flow now. Uh, and this is really stepping, for me, that, like that's really stepping out of the comfort zone as well. Uh, this is completely new never done anything like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's a good, uh, learning experience. It, it's a good growing experience, um, uh, for myself. And, uh, that's the most important thing. You know what I mean? Is for you to grow and hopefully by you, that that's something that I mentioned too, that I think you, we don't realize how many people actually look up to us. Um, you don't even know who's looking up to you. you. You might think that nobody's looking up to you, but it's sometimes actually the closest people that actually look up to you. It could be like your mom, your dad, your brother, maybe your friend, like your spouse. Uh, you don't really know the impact that you're doing just by like living the way you're living. You know what I mean? Um, just by like your lifestyle. So, and, and that's the thing. Uh, like I told you, if I can, if I can touch somebody, just like at least one person with what I'm doing and that helps them, that's the biggest accomplishment that can be, you know what I mean? That's, that's amazing. So, uh, before we go, uh, what can you tell P 
piece of wisdom, uh, recommendations or anything to any viewers from your personal experience? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just go with the flow. That's what I'm saying. Just go with the flow. Trust life. Um, again, like I said before, I think we, at certain, point, at certain points in our life, um, we question why is this happening to me? Why, why me? Why is this happening at all? You know what I mean? And we don't understand things. Yeah, we don't. Um, but just accept it, experience it. You know what I mean? See what it has. Cause every, every, every situation has something for us. Uh, that's what I've learned. Every situation, the good, the bad, like we put labels, good, bad at the end of the day, it's just an experience. You know what I mean? What's good for me might be bad for you and vice versa. Uh, so just just go with the flow experience it man and you'll see that in the long run it's actually probably it could be the best thing that ever happened to you so bam thanks for coming on man i appreciate it man i appreciate you for having me really uh this was this was an honor and uh keep bro keep doing what you're doing man i love it wow thank you